This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 791 brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you who will really want to double down on their hand-washing and wearing the masks again. We it told you. for a little while. We warned you. We, we did say that, and, and, uh, and look what you did. Welcome to iFanboy Pick of the Week, episode 791. I'm Josh Flanagan, and yes, with me back again, Connor Kilpatrick. Hello. To save everybody from the monotony of my endless droning. Good job last week. <laughs> it's not easy. Thank you. It isn't. Somebody asked, like, did you edit it? And I was like, no. I edited it three times. Two of them were for yawning in the middle. Like, I just talked so much I wasn't breathing enough. Sure. And then the last one was like five minutes to go. I just was like, I need a drink. Like it went. So yeah, <laughs> I slept hard that night. <laughs> it's fun though. It's, it's every, not often. We're iFanboy every week. We read a stack of comics and sometimes the word stack, I mean, it, they're not literally stacks anymore, but sometimes that doesn't even cover the amount of comic book pages. I made a horrible error. I should have taken this week off. Uh, I, I really should have looked ahead because this was insane. We're going to get to that in one second, but clearly I should have plan better and yeah. taking the, the giant week off not the, not the regular week those would have hit you some other week there's no winning yeah. actually i still had books oh but just to finish it up we read the second comics one of us picks the one they like best we call that the pick of the week that's what the show is named after mm-hmm. i was off a month ago basically i was i was away for a weekend and both last week and this week i had catch-up books in there that i had to read and i was like oh so it was on top of all the other ones that were not included in the counts I gave you, by the way. That will come up in the email segment. But yes, I didn't read all my books from last week. I read most of them, though. But like nice. over a longer period of time. Yeah. So we're going to talk about the pick of the week. We're going to talk about a lot of other books. So many this week that you will... This is a teaser. There's a return of a storied and legendary segment. Oh, <laughs> we're going to talk about the patron book. The patron book. Book. Which is... It's Canadian. It's a Canadian... <laughs> Wow. All right. This is the week it's been. This is it. <laughs> we, we will answer with listener mail if we have time. Uh, I'm already having fun. It says we will have fun, but I'm, I'm currently having fun. I'm very excited to do this again now. There will be spoilers about the books. Connor, you thankfully had the pick after I had two in a row. I did. It, I, like I said, it was a lot of books. This would have been Comic-Con week, maybe. It's either the previous weekend or this weekend. Usually what happens at Comic-Con weekend or the weekend 
after or before is they dump all the books. I don't know why. So I, I thought that too. I thought, well, last week would have been Comic-Con week, but there's these or whatever. But normally it's a lot of n- number ones and miniseries and, you know, sort of the, the highlight stuff. But this was just issues. Yeah. Many, many issues. Mid, mid-run issues. Not bad. No. In a normal week, I have, like, high teens in the books. Like, a normal average week. Probably, like, let's say 18, just guess. It's, like, the number of books I have in a week. If it's a heavy week, it's like, oh, I've got 24 books this week. Or if it's a light week, it's like, I've got 10 or 11. I had 34 books this week. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, the books come out Tuesday, Wednesday. We record the show Friday morning. It's not a lot of time. Especially if you have a demanding job and family and other commitments. So, listen, I had a great time reading the books because I thought there was 34 books. There's going to be some good ones in there. But it was a lot. It was a lot. And the pick week ended up being Beta Ray Bill number 5, the final issue of the miniseries from Daniel Warren Johnson, Mike Spicer, Joe Sabino, Marvel Comics. And with the first two issues were picks of the week. Mm. And now that Marvel only puts out five issue miniseries instead of six at 20 pages instead of 22. We lost like 32 pages of story in this. You know what? I, I will. While I know that there's an economic thing going on there, a lot of times six issues felt like too many. And so in this instance, and I think in a lot of the ones that have come before it, five's pretty good. I think, you know, it's like the feeling of stop going on so long or, or you know, oh, you wrapped it up too quick. I almost prefer the earlier because it, you know, m- mm-hmm. makes them have to make choices. Sure, get out early. And so the story with Beta Ray Bill has been that Bill had a falling out with Thor. He, Thor destroyed his hammer, uh, Bill's hammer, and the hammer that Bill uses to turn back from a cybernetic horse into his humanoid alien self. And so he's been depressed. And he's tracked down Odin, who is now a hipster barfly instead of the all Wait, hold on. Let's not blame Thor entirely for this. Mm-hmm. It was his lady friend who was like, oh, I can't do this. Well, she could change one. back. And then Sif, who Bill had been hooking up with, was like, yeah, I can't do it with the horse. And so that's part of the reason I mean, why he got depressed. And <laughs> so Odin sent him off and said, hey, if you can go to hell, basically, and defeat Surtur, he has an axe for you. Powerful weapon. That you can use to turn back to your old self. So this Big whole sword. thing has, has been a journey to hell. Along the way, we picked up Pip, we picked up Scourge, and then Bill's ship turned into a sexy robot, and we've had a little crew, and in this issue is the final battle between Bill and Surtur. But let's, I mean, let's talk about, he's got two all-time road dogs. It's a good crew. It's a good crew. It's a good crew. I don't want you to undersell that, because Scourge, who I cannot usually stand when he shows up, he was in the <laughs> Thor book for a while, and I was like, ugh, it's, he's so... He's annoying. Like, in this, he's dead, so they grabbed him from Valhalla. Yeah. You know, now he's just a good time Charlie. He's there to help his bro out. <laughs> he's just happy and he's I, not in Valhalla. Which, look, Valhalla's a great place to hang. It's a good hang. But yeah. it's not being on a road trip with your boys. And also, sexy ship robot lady. <laughs> yeah. She turned into a gigantic gun for him, and it brought tears to his eyes. <laughs> he's a good dude in this. He just loves guns. He loves them. So, um, also, we should mention Daniel Warren Johnson also on the road trip. He's just in the belly of the ship, but he doesn't get That's to true. go on the adventures. Life of a comic artist. I think was one of the stories of this. It's true. Besides the fact this is a terrific story, it has a lot of emotional resonance, and the ending is pretty hefty. I think a it's it's your discovery of Daniel Warren Johnson. Yep, we, you've seen him before. In fact, someone on Instagram in the comments of our 
account pointed out that the first time you saw his art in the show, you called it unprofessional, which is fine. Things change. Uh, listen. People have arcs with art. They, they enter it and they may not understand it, but they're, and then they get to it later. That's happened before. I get things wrong. That's absolutely true. And I think with me, this happens with all the stuff I like, you know, bands or, or art. Sometimes you need to give something context mm-hmm. to put it into a place that you understand it. So if you take like that other story that he did, the Murder Falcon, is that what it no, was? No, it was before that. It was the uh, man thing. Huh. It's a long time. You're not going to remember it. No, totally not. But, you know, you take like the other stories were kind of esoteric and, and uh, pretty surrealistic. And I have a hard time with that. But you take the what he's doing here and you click it into the context of stuff that we do understand in these stories. And you, and then you get to see the skill in it, but also like the uniqueness of it, if that makes sense. Like you see how that voice gets brought into it. Just sometimes you have to, you know, spend some time in yes. with art. Like I, you know. Didn't like Jordy Bernay when he started on Jonah Hex all those years ago. And by the end of it, he was my favorite artist in the book. So yeah. it just happens. It just has to happen sometimes. Anyway, yeah. the, I will point it out because this is a tour de force issue in oh. a series that's been a tour de force of art. But this is the big fight. So Daniel Warren Johnson gets to really go all out. This week in general was really high on the gosh scale, the good old superhero scale. Yeah. And there's a lot of books where I was like, that was awesome. But this was just giant panel after big fight, after Searcher punching Bill way into the distance and... Four shortened punches and kicks. Bill charging at Searcher and then tons of sound effects on the boards. Yep. But also very emotional resonant. You know, Pip gets just impaled and Scourge cries about his giant gun. And they all come together. (laughs) They all work together to defeat Searcher. And, and, you know, the ship becomes the gun. Scourge shoots him. Pip distracts him. Then Bill finally gets the axe and cuts off Searcher's head. Now Searcher's not dead because he's a He's basically one of the many devils in the Marvel Universe. But he's defeated, at least temporarily. It was a thrill ride to get to the point where it ended and you got to breathe. And then there was the fallout. And it was just like, wow, that was a great comic book. Mm-hmm. And a great series. This is one of the best miniseries that Marvel's put out in ages. Just real quick. When you you, you see sends the list to me or I send the list to Connor when, when you've got the the pick and you know i see what it is and i hadn't read this yet part of it i had so many books i actually got to it when i was in like the churn of it i got Mm -hmm. to this and strange adventures and i was like i'm leaving those for later yeah because i didn't want to you know just be trying to get to the next book as i was reading through it Mm -hmm. so i hadn't read it and obviously we'd enjoyed it a lot and you made it the pick and i was like oh no he built up an expectation (laughs) and it fulfilled all of those expectations i was like oh yeah there's there's no justification here there's no quibbling like oh yeah this is totally this is this and it's a finale and it's a melancholy ending and like the fight scenes are like i don't care about fight scenes but when they're done really well like it's an art you're like wow look at this go you know it was everything daniel warren johnson's dynamism is off the charts when he does yeah. this stuff i remember going back to the first issue when it was like very lord of the ringsy when bill was rallying his guardian troops it was like that kind of stuff was just so cool and it just he just does incredible as you said the foreshortened punches and the blur and he uses all the tricks here and it, they all work the sound effects on the board there's something about those things we you and i both love that but i think there's something that makes the page so visceral when it's just not a sound effect that's been digitally put on top it's it's, it's drawn it's into the part art. of the design yeah it becomes part of the design and therefore it lives organically within it there's one where it's where pip gets impaled on searcher's hand by the way that drawing of that hand after it's gone through him is amazing and then he hits oh, the yeah, button yeah. to sort of teleport away from her after he's left a bomb on his arm. <laughs> and the sound effect is, you know, teleport. <laughs> yeah. And it's drawn on there. And it, it just, it lives. It yeah. just, it brings it all. Even if this is drawn digitally, and I, I'm going to just assume it was, yeah. it is still more organic than, you know, things that get put together 
in a process of several people. And I'm, I'm not taking it away from letters. No, not at all. This process, which doesn't really happen all that anymore. I mean, it used to be like a guy who was a professional artist uh, in old, comics. Old guy with cigar. Could do like full-on type. You know, Jack Kirby could letter his books. He could draw the thing. I mean, he didn't all the time, but he could do it. You know, they could all do that lettering and that that hand-drawn, you know, the thing that only Chris Ware can do now. Right. And Todd Klein. Right. And then, you know, the ending is the Valkyries come back to bring Scourge back to Valhalla. Pip is going to live because it's superhero comics. And clearly the ship's in love with Bill, but that is never really discussed. It's all in glances and... You know, it's all very British. And then we see that Bill has not... Bill's not walking away from this unscathed. No. He goes to visit Pip in the infirmary in the ship, and Pip says he's so happy because Bill's whole again. And, you know, Bill is not whole again. Well, Despite the fact that he can now change back and forth, he is looking into the reflection of the ship and sees his cyborg horse self, and he says, I couldn't be happier, and no one believes it. I think that this does something really nice in terms of a full circle story is that, you know, the first thing you you think is he's on this journey so that he can look like himself again or his image of himself. Mm -hmm. His lady friend, she rejects him more or less because of what he looks like. And then he's like, well, I have to fix this. He goes on this whole thing, this odyssey. And what he looked like wasn't the thing that needed to be fixed. And that's really interesting and dramatic because, you know, as a motivation, that's a little thin. Mm-hmm. You know, it's what I look like. That's not what it is. There's something else. Like he regrets what he is for all sorts of reasons. And then he lost the hammer and there's all this stuff. There's like all this stuff there and he does it in three panels. Yeah. Three panels, not even the whole page. It just tells you all of that. It's this is crazy. a terrific miniseries. It's going to be something I give to people for Christmas. I have friends who are friends of the show, people who who don't read regularly anymore, but, but I always give comics to on Christmas and... This will be one of the books I give out because it's mm-hmm. just a perfect little package. What I, was, I think I started to say this and I got distracted. But what I was thinking when I was reading this was that it's really nice in comics. And I think that this keeps you and I going a lot is that a few times a year there will be something that is exemplary. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, this is where it comes from. You know, and it's not that everything else is bad. So before this, Superman versus the Klan or whatever, whatever that is, or that Thunderbolts miniseries or, yep. you know, like when we read Dragon Hoops last year, mm-hmm. you know, just a thing that reaffirms the medium for people who love it. Yep. And this is one of those things. And and now this one's, you know, Old Man Hawkeye was one of those. And, and you know, just, they'll just be a great, usually it's a mini, but yeah. sometimes it's a run. And, like, I need these. They really, like, reinvigorate. It's fun to talk about them and, and, and see all the things that we spent all these years sort of getting to and trying to understand and, like, to see them at work. You're like, oh, yeah, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I was always very excited to see Beta Ray Bill on the pull list or the shipping list. Yeah. And now, in a week, again, full of 30-plus books and tons of heavy hitters, it may come as a surprise that up until Beta Ray Bill, the pick leak is going to be Action Comics 1033 by... Daniel Warren Johnson's brother, Philip Kennedy Johnson. They're not related. <laughs> Vote Kennedy, 60. Daniel Sampier is the artist. Adriana Lucas, Dave Sharp. Lucas. I don't know why I said it that way. Adriana Lucas, Dave Sharp. This is just part four of this War World Rising story. But Superman is in a place, and I want to have my Superman ranch in the next book. This was an exemplary Superman comic. Did you read this? Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm reading all the Superman books in action. We've been dealing with War World, which is, you know, Mongols 
world of gladiatorial fighting and a couple of Kryptonian slaves escaped and came back to Earth and they've been taken care of in this fortress of solitude. And, and so it opens up with the Atlanteans have this shard that they got from War World and it's powering a bunch of stuff. And so Amanda Waller sends Task Force X, not the Suicide Squad, but some other guys in to go steal it. That doesn't work out for them. That's the cold open. We cut to the Justice League debating this political situation and Superman's like, what the fuck? There's a world full of slaves. We're going to go save them. And they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But back to the politics. He's like, and, he, and then he gets really angry at the Justice League. Yeah. Stop. I wasn't finished. I loved this sequence. Yeah. So it much. It was so Superman. I also really liked, I mean, I don't want this in every book. I don't uh-huh. want it in most books. But the internecine sort of political squabbles that are going on, you know, like where, where I was like, oh, yeah, Aquaman's in a, in a rough position there. Mm-hmm. What I think was interesting is that Batman is sort of speaking for the U.S. government in a way. Like, mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't know that I buy that. <laughs> right. But. It was interesting. Like, it was a good... Superman's like, I didn't come here to settle international disputes or decide the allocation of someone else's resources. I came here because right now there are runaway slaves in my home. Mm -hmm. It was powerful. Yeah. You know, he's got to go do this on his own. And so he and Jonathan and Kara go to fight. I just thought, as a Superman story, like, what exemplifies what's great about Superman, it was this issue. And then also, Mongol sends troops down to the Fortress of Solitude to get the slaves back and... Lois has to fight him off, and she was great in this. And there was also a really great bit in here with the slaves themselves talking about the chains that they wear. And they won't take them off. And yeah, Why they won't take them off and why they're important. I thought this overall, this was terrific. I thought the Daniel Semper art was great, too. I thought it was mm-hmm. really solid. Sort of DC House style, but I think elevated. Yeah, I can see that. I think you're right. I finished this issue, and I was like, wow, that was just an incredibly good comic that exemplified why I love Superman so much. I think it's interesting because we've had a really long run of good Superman books. I don't mm-hmm. think any of them were like amazing. There was not a Man of Steel in there or something like that. But it's been a good time to be a Superman fan in comics, mm-hmm. I think. Even with the stuff that I didn't love. You know, we don't like his, his mm-hmm. public, you know, identity getting out or yeah. the fact that, so, you know, mm-hmm. this is all about passing the torch to Jonathan Kent, which is a thing is on the surface. I shouldn't like it, but I don't mind it. I really like the character. I like the stuff they're doing with it. Like it's been... I get to look forward to Superman and action comics every time they come out, at least the first half of action comics. <laughs> By the way, this would have been like 66% of pick of the week. <laughs> I'm like, oh, lots of Superman books. You know, Superman Batman has been really interesting and, yeah. and, and good. Yeah, so it's, it's been nice. What did we gain by having his identity revealed? They don't ever deal with it anymore. I honestly forgot about it for a moment because until somebody brought it up in an issue. Like, it didn't change anything. I think maybe it, I mean, like, it almost, it lets them focus on Superman. And we're going to slowly start to lose the facade of him going back and, like, oh, I'm working on the newspaper for a little while. Like, he's not going to do that. I don't know. It's like putting the focus on the Superman part. I don't think we, I don't know what we've lost yet. How's that? I don't want to get into it. It just occurred to me recently. I was like, so what was the point of that? If it doesn't even deal with it anymore, it's not even a story point. It doesn't, and it also doesn't, like, it's not like a sales event. No. No, I don't know. I don't know. But, you know, all that stuff aside, you know, from before Bendis, I think there was Jurgen's books, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just, it's been, it's the been Aaron a long Cooter time. Heart, yeah. yeah the Aaron one, good, yep. It's been a good run of Superman. I was giving shit to the sort of backup stories in this, and it seems like a lot of the DC books, sort yeah. of the mainstream ones, are doing a backup story in there, and they are not holding my attention. That's the way I'll go with it. Yeah. I really also, I like that it's happening. 
I like that it's old timey. Like they're gonna let somebody else. I just wish the stories were better. Yeah, I don't think there's a single one I'm still reading. Like in the beginning, I read them all, and then I'm like, I don't know if I'm reading this. I liked the end of the Bibbo one. Oh yeah, yeah. I finished that one. The beginning was really weak, but by the end, it was kind of it was fun and interesting. Jimmy was there, and and there was a lot of like a lot of lower tier villains, and there was a whole plot. I kind of dug that. Other than that, it's been really hard. I think there's a is this the one with with Midnighter, or is that a different yeah, this, one? Yeah, it's this one. It's uh, yeah, okay. Shiloh Norman, Mister Miracle, and Midnighter. I, I tried to read that Mister Miracle book, and that it didn't really click for me. I thought that this one, I was just looking up on the side. I thought it was Doctor Midnight, not Midnighter. Let's talk about one of the big high profile releases this week: Superman, Son of Kal-el, number one. It is Tom Taylor finally getting his Superman book he's been wanting forever. Drawn by John Timms, who drew the Young Justice book for Bendis. Gabe Eltabe on colors, and Dave Sharp again on letters. Cover is a homage to the classic Superman cover. And I, I am of two minds of this issue, so I want to hear you talk about it first. Well, I kind of alluded to it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it was, like, the most amazing thing. I don't like the general idea of Superman being replaced by his son going forward, but at the same time, I really like the stories with his son. I like watching Superman grapple and Lois grapple with the, this other kind of a story they never have had to. They have this kid, and like he's a good kid. Of course he's going to be a good kid. I don't like that everybody's constantly alluding to the fact like that you are going to be the best thing. Yes. Oh, God, I hated that so much. It'd be more interesting if there was a little more mystery to it, but we knew he was going to be okay. I, like, I don't think we think he's going to, but you know, you are the chosen one is kind of difficult. I really like Damien and his relationship a ton. Mm -hmm. Although this Damien bears no relation to the Damien in any <laughs> of the books, physically or mentally. But as an evolution of the Batman Superman friendship, I think it's very interesting. I think that he did it really well uh, in the other book, uh, in the, the, the deceased, the zombie book. Yeah. So I think there's a lot to like. If you don't think about the stuff you don't like. Yeah, I mean, it's hard because I think Tom Taylor is the best DC superhero writer. Like mainstream. Since Jeff Johns. He's the new Jeff Johns. He's not doing what Tom King's doing. He's the new Jeff Johns. Mm -hmm. He gets the world. He gets the characters. He gets how to write them. He gets how to pull at your heartstrings. He gets it. I'm not saying that wasn't happening here. The problem is foundational. The problem is that things that they were going to do before Dendidio got fired, which was age all the old characters out and bring in all new young characters. Some of it's bleeding through for whatever goddamn reason, and now they're getting rid of Clark Kent and replacing him with his son. His son's fine. I don't really like him, but I don't really dislike him. He's just fine. I prefer Connor Kent, who is still in the universe somehow, because now we just have two of everybody. I don't like the idea of pushing Clark Kent, the most important superhero of all time, off the stage. I hated the idea of all of these people constantly talking about how he's going to be better than his father. Okay, don't shove it down our throats. These guys don't know that. <laughs> and then at the end, he's like, I'm going to be better than my father. I'm going to punch climate change in the face. Well, you can't. You can't do that. You can't, you can't punch financial inequity and climate change and racism in the face. I don't want a comic full of those kinds. Of, like, it just, because you can't do it. I can really get a visceral thrill out of punching Brainiac in the face, because he's not real, but... The real issues I'm dealing with every day, he can't solve, and so I don't necessarily need to have that happen in the comic. So that mm -hmm. was frustrating for me as well. I just don't like the idea of what they're doing. I don't want Superman pushed off into becoming some space character who's never on Earth anymore, or whatever they're going to do with him. And I hate the costume. So this, there's a lot of problems here for me. There's nothing to do with Tom Taylor and John Timms. I love Tom Taylor. I think John Timms is terrific. 
I loved his art on Young Justice. I loved it here. It's a foundational problem mm-hmm. that I don't like. Like I love the story was great. I love the the scene where they're fighting this guy who's a out of control flame person and the military is firing rockets at him and shooting at him and John comes and stops all that and yes. gives him a hug. Gives him a hug. I thought it was a terrific scene. Like I said, Tom Taylor is great. It's just the stuff around it. If this was a Superboy book, Superboy, son of Kal-El, awesome. Yeah. All in. But I hate the idea of pushing Clark off the mantle. I, mean, it, I hate it. Either way, that's not going to be, even if it's for a time. I don't know anymore, Josh. That's the problem. We don't know yeah. anymore. We just don't know. I like them all together. I would have thought, like, again, you put this on paper and you say, well, no, he's got a son and they're all together all the time. You'd like, oh, this gets old. I'm not tired of it. I love watching him try to be a dad through the thing. Like, in the same way that I like Superman family. Yeah, no, like, have that be. And I don't know what Tom Taylor's thoughts are. Obviously, don't know him. Never talked to him. But he's made it clear over the years. fucking impossible to talk to. (laughs) He's made it clear over the years he's a huge Superman fan. And i got to wonder how he feels about finally getting a Superman book and it's not Superman. I'm sure it's complicated, just like your thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you get a chance to do a different kind of story, make your mark. You don't have to tell the same same stuff other people have, but... So I don't you know. know. I don't know what to think. I have very mixed feelings about this book. I think it's like everything, though. You know, all that stuff can be going like, did I have fun reading it? Yeah. Do I want to read the next one? Yes. I'll get what I can out of it. It's still a good Superman story as far as I know. Whatever happens down the road is going to be down the road. The United States of Captain America number two, Christopher Cantwell's miniseries exploring Captain America's influence across the country of America with art by Dale Eaglesham, at least in the main story. The backup story yeah. is art by is written by Mahale Mashigo with art by Nacha Bustos. Talk about the first issue, this is where Cap and Sam are on a road trip because someone stole Cap's shield, dressed up in his classic Cap outfit like a speedster character. And has been besperching Cap's name. And so they've discovered there's a whole network of local Caps around the country who are serving local needs dressed as Captain America. And this is their road trip, discovering that. I always love a road trip story. Uh, this issue was strange. Josh, you take it away. Yeah, I should like this a lot more than I do. Yeah, that's my feeling. I love Christopher Cantwell's work. You know, the things that I love about him are still in here. I have always liked seeing Dale Eaglesham on stuff, but this is not clicking for me. It's very, uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a non-pejorative term that somebody would say social justice warrior for, but it's, it feels like it's trying very hard to be socially relevant in a way that isn't fitting in exactly. I don't know. I, I don't, I, it's heavy handed. It's heavy handed. It's, 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 I guess it's for me, like if you're somewhat literate and know with like these this, these aren't new things i don't want to be taught this thing and and i know that comics used to be for kids and you would you know this is how you would teach them about the world or do whatever but that's not who's reading these things anymore and so it just feels like rudimentary social awareness and then I don't know, the voices of steve and sam are off for me uh, they don't t- like he steve is really like insecure like i yeah. i was like oh th- i could see these characters who aren't these two men talking on a tv show somewhere and it'd be great the dialogue's great mm-hmm. but like steve is so unsure of himself through the whole thing it's weird yeah I, I don't know if this is all still supposed to be fallout from the secret empire thing where nobody respects captain america anymore including all these cops and people who they need should. to drop that it's terrible and you're right steve is like oh shucks i guess i'm okay and Sam, you're a better cap anyway. You look good in that. Yeah. It. it, it it's not it's, a. It's not Soldier Steve. Who it's has similar the heart. to Superman. It's where it's like they're tearing down 
Steve Rogers to build everybody mm-hmm. else up. But you don't have to tear down the classic characters in order to build up other characters. You don't have to make them yeah. feel feel less than to do that. I also need. I I don't need. I understand that he can be vulnerable mm-hmm. and he can have self doubt or whatever. Have that be there, but don't put it up front. Show don't tell. Maybe mm-hmm. it just doesn't. It doesn't feel right. And and maybe it's just a matter. Of, like I can completely understand how if you're talking about a national emotion and a zeitgeist or whatever, I see where this comes from a hundred percent. But I kind of like well then. Write him as the voice we need, not what I am. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Like yeah. he's supposed to be the hero. Be the hero, you know. Do the thing. Be human. Do all those things. But like, if he's confused, like I am, well, fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he's he's Captain America, though. You know, like like have him be the best of America. Yeah, like the people in town yelling at him. We don't need you here. It's like this is, this is not the Marvel universe that I know. And I've also the girl, uh, Nichelle, Captain mm-hmm. America. You know, Captain America of Harrisburg. She just wants nothing to do with them. Yeah, that was the weird thing. It's like, why are you then dressed as him? Yeah. And listen, I've seen that story a lot. I saw that story in 1970 in Green Arrow, Green Lantern. And it's fine, but even, I mean, Tiny Easy Coates' Captain America wasn't wasn't this, like, like, conflicted about everything. It was like, at least in that one, like, he's a good dude who's trying to do the right thing. It isn't, you know, is sure that he's doing the right thing, at least to a certain extent. I don't know. I just don't understand if you're doing this story about Captain America inspiring all these people to be the Captain America of their town, which I think is an interesting story. When they first mm-hmm. heard about this, I thought that was, well, that's interesting. The people who dress up him should at least like him. Then otherwise, why are they dressed up as him? They would pick something else to do. If she, like, she seems to actively dislike Captain America. And it's like, okay, well, then what's the point of this? Yeah. Why are we doing this story? And, and it's it, she's like, yeah, but what about Isaiah Bradley? And, you know, we just watched Sam deal with that in the other show, you know, and... and and he's sort of made some peace with it. And I'm like, so now we have to convince everybody else to go through the story that we already watched Sam Wilson go through or read about it in other comics, which I guess is fair. But all these are valid things, but they're not necessarily entertaining. And you have to do both of those things. Yeah. They don't dislike it. I just finished it. I was like, well, I don't understand why we're doing this. And It's kind of, yeah. I mean, I, I do. I get why we're doing it. I just don't know that it's working. Also, Dale Eaglesham is bad at drawing Captain America on a motorcycle. It doesn't look right. It's weird. Why is Sam doing wheelies? Yeah. I I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. I thought the art of the backup was really good. Yeah, no, actually, the, the backup, I think I actually enjoyed more than the front story in this one. And I thought the same thing. I was like, who's this? This art is awesome. Yeah, it looks really good. Yep. I don't like the one leg. I know she was a gymnast, but the, the costume with one leg out. It doesn't make any sense. No, it Even does as a not. Gymnast, it doesn't make any sense. Not a bit. You know, that Texas Blood, number eight, came out this week. I thought this was one of the better issues. I've always liked this book. Sure. I say it like it's coming out for 30 years. I've always enjoyed it, but in the beginning, I couldn't tell. Christopher Condon's the writer. He's from New Jersey. You know, it takes place in small town Texas. I didn't know if he was getting the voices exactly right. My whole family's from Texas, and many of them are from small towns. But I think he's settling in. This cult story is just creepy enough where it's not over the top. I really liked all the backstory here. I liked the flashbacks. I liked the relationship with the wife. I like the relationship with the partner in the present day. I love the double page spread where they're sitting in the diner. Yeah, that is like my favorite double page spread. On digitally, it was a page it was a page turn for me, but what a great sort of way to do things. Well, I, I literally just rewatched Lone Star last weekend, the classic late '90s John Sayles film that's very similar to this. And one of the tricks he uses in that, in that movie is he's constantly changing time within a scene like this, where he starts on one character and pans, 
And then suddenly we're in the past in the same physical setting. And that's what happened here where the page spread where he's on one side in the present with his partner. And he says, oh, it all happened right over there. And he points across the diner. And we, and the double page spread, he's there as a younger man on the other side of the diner. Like, I loved that. It was very cinematic. So that was great. I, that stood out to me immensely. I think that, I think it's a great tone. And I think the, the dialogue and the voices are good. But it definitely is influenced by films more than real life. Oh, yeah, which is fine. I don't think that's a problem. I don't know that that's bad. But I think that this book has a patience to it, mm-hmm. which is let you live in the world for a while, which is difficult to do in comics, by the way. You can yeah. do it in a movie, but like they really recreated that No Country for Old Men, the laconic, dreary kind of... We're two inches into this new story, and we really have not you know, really started this story yet. Yeah. So I keep looking at it as like, okay, we're spending time with this guy, but also I'm looking at two artists sort of create a, a feeling that is different than what happens in a lot of comic books. And I'm, I'm in. I don't always know what I'm necessarily happening, but it, it's interesting. It's really interesting, and I think it's, it's pretty skilled, especially for people who are not veterans. And Jacob Phillips is the son of Sean Phillips, who is Ed Brubaker's collaborator on his crime books, and also the colorist on those books. Yeah, he became the colorist after they stopped working with Elizabeth Breitweiser. And I don't know if you noticed, but on the back there's a quote. It said, that Texas blood is the best damn comic I've read in years. <laughs> Michael Lark, Lazarus and Daredevil. Yeah. I think Phillips is a good artist, but I think he's getting better. There's a couple of really terrific cartoonist work here. Facial expressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some silent stuff in the flashback between the, the main character and his, his sheriff. Because here he's a deputy. You know, where they're talking to this investigator from L.A. And there's some great communication going on just in their faces. Like, it, this, was, this was really good work overall. I think he's, you know, in the, if you look, I bet if you go back and look at the first issue, you're like, oh, that's Sean Phillips. And now, you know, you've got this person. He's doing, I mean, more or less a monthly book, but a regular comic book. All the sequential storytelling, like, you know, he knew how to do it, clearly. But now he's doing it on the regular. And that's going to sharpen anybody up who's got skills mm-hmm. and it just looks it's it's starting to look a little less like sean phillips than it did before obviously there's you know there's influence there how could there not be yeah for sure and by the way if you're going to be influenced by somebody in <laughs> storytelling and comics i couldn't tell you a better guy you know than sean phillips so it's yeah it's impressive and what's it's interesting also is that it's taking the brubaker phillips thing which is doomsday sex cult in la hollywood Mm-hmm. And bringing it into small town Texas here, so it's got a little bit like a. It's almost like I'm not saying it's a homage to that, but it feels like that's something of the story they'd be doing. But they'd mm-hmm. be doing it in LA, you know. And it would cult. focus on the criminal, whereas this we're we're spending time with the quote unquote good guy. Yeah, I like this issue a lot. So it was really good. Yeah, I did too. I look forward to it when I see a new one has come out. So the big release this week, saving it for last, Strange Adventures number eleven of twelve. This is the Tom King, Mitch Garrett's, Doc Shaner, Clayton Cowles. Look, we, this is the penultimate issue. We've got the big thing that happens here, and this this whole issue is basically an argument between. Uh, the, I was going to say Doctor Strange, <laughs> Adam Alana. Strange, and and his wife Alana, as he admits to doing the thing that we suspected he'd done, which is trade his daughter for peace on Ron. This went in several directions I wasn't expecting, and very much greatly reaffirms the idea this is a black label book out of continuity <laughs> because if not they would have ruined adam strange forever yes yeah yeah because when you pull a gun on your wife it's basically over at that point i have mixed feelings and i i a part of me is thinking 
I think in 12, we're going to shift in some way that I don't see coming. And I when I so. said, I'm thinking, I think it's, I'm hoping, mm-hmm. I don't know what that's going to be. I'm very open to it because this is a rough place to leave a story. Well, we have an issue. And again, we keep going back to this. Mr. Miracle didn't make full sense until issue 12. Right. So we'll see. You know, th- that said, that the work being done in here, the sort of craft of it, there's some real, I mean, A, I don't, I don't know a better looking book. Mm-hmm. And two guys who don't really have similar styles also just working so well together. Yep. You know, and, and uh, I mean, they're, they're both doing career work. These weird owl alien things was just <laughs> brilliant sci-fi comic book. Great design. Great design. Yeah. And, 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 you know, how the story when their arms pop out and there's a bit where he's like, they're describing uh, how they would kill us. In quite a bit of detail, you know, and then you actually see that they follow through on that later yeah. when they get the picked. And like, that's that was I was like, that is space comics. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know if it's good old fashioned superheroes, but it's like good old fashioned space fantasy. Right. Gasp. Guff, <laughs> guff. Gasp. Gosh. You know, but I, you know that that I was like, oh, that's the kind of thing that got EC Comics shut down. You know, <laughs> that made me really happy. And then the other side, the drama and going back and forth between Strange and Alana, like back in their moment of quote unquote victory, as it's interspersed with now and the context that that gives each of those scenes, it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's it's hard to read, and that's not necessarily bad, but it's a lot. So I think it's really good. I really appreciate it, and I like reading it, but it's not the same as enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't. They don't like it. Least, you know, Adam Strange lays it all out. He did all the things that has been alluded to. He made a deal. They have his daughter. They got to save Ron. They're all alive. They've killed a lot of picks. He's like, this is a good deal. His mm-hmm. wife's not buying it. She smacks him a few times. He pulls his gun on her. They wrestle for the gun, and the gun goes off several times, pew, pew, pew. And the issue ends with Adam Strange having been shot several times in the abdomen on the ground. By the way, even if it's Black Label, you can't have him shoot his wife. No. No, no, that's not going to... I mean, it's bad enough work. he pulled his gun on her, and he's walking around with his gun pointed at her, and yelling at her with the gun pointed at her, clearly unhinged. Is she a picked? I don't think so. Well, something's going to happen. Well, something's going to happen in issue 12. The question is what? And that will decide, I think, this is the ultimate success of this miniseries, which we've enjoyed very much. But, you know, we've got to see how this plays out to say if this is really successful or not. Yep. So I guess we'll see mm-hmm. when it comes around. Ah, oh, the patrons. Do you guys know about the patrons? I, I, I've heard of them. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> I don't, I, I'm, not, I'm not aware of it. Apparently, we have set up this thing. Uh, on patreon.com slash I which is a crowdfunding platform. The people who really like the show and are committed to it, they throw in, they contribute. <laughs> so the way that that works is, uh, you know, this, the patrons really bring us across the line, which has been the case forever now, even before we called a patron, we had the, uh, I've been more numbers yeah. and uh, you know, it warms our hearts. So here's what has happened. though as a direct result of that. There's the patron picks, there's the talk explodes, there's the books blows, there's the media explodes. So it's stuff that made the regular show better. It's extra shows that, that came along. There's monthly patron hangouts. The YouTube shows are going up there. Uh, you know, it's more time with us, which works out because I like spending more time with Connor and so, and, and Ron uh, on some of those shows. So that's been really good. And we thank everyone for doing that. There is new stretch goals. We have, it took us a couple years, a year, but we, we said, hey, I don't think people really want this G.I. Joe thing. 
Fair enough. If we hit our next stretch goal in Patreon, we are going to add a comic book TV show special edition to our regular roster shows. We're not going to cover every comic book show. And we're not going to cover it week to week. We're going to, we're going to do a wrap yeah. up when the season or series ends. So when a show is done, so we would do a show on The Boys season one or right. on, I don't know, apparently there's a runaway show. Uh, we will not be able to do all of them. The shows we're watching already, yeah. we will do cover as when they wrap up season wise. We will cover all those shows. There's a lot of them. Yep. We're watching a lot of them. Yep. And then finally, there's the patron Facebook group over on Facebook and the patron Discord server on Discord, which are just, it's it's really nice to see those communities again. We've talked about that before. Um, thank you to everybody who does that. I, and I know you hear me say thank you all the time. I am a, I'm an inveterate thanker. I thank people constantly, and I always try to mean it. Uh, and I do mean it, uh, but I think people are like, oh, he always says thank you. Wait I totally a minute. Mean it. What? Do you mean it when you thank me? I do. I do. Okay. Like, I have people who work for me. I only have, like, several employees, you know, who are on my team. And I'm, I'm constantly like, thank you, did a great job. And, like, they're all like, all right, you say it all the time. I was like, but I mean it. I really do. Um, and I mean it to them, too. iFanBotArthreadList.com is a place where you can get uh, T-shirts primarily is the first deal. But after that, there's many forms of uh, upper body wear. Uh, mm-hmm. That can have these designs put on them and other various items that are there. Go, you should go there and check it out. The amount of product is almost staggering at ifamber.threadless.com. And also, they do great, like my threadless shirts that I've done through the, like they're holding up. They're really good. Mm-hmm. I, I love that heathered. I think it's tri-blend. I think yeah, it's the tri-blend. Yep. Yeah, that's good stuff. And the, the other stuff too. Uh, there are eight designs currently. We have two new shirts being added to the store very, very soon. It says if not already. I would be shocked if this was available. Yeah, they, uh, they might. The there's there's an this. outside chance they're going to be on the store by the time you hear this, but probably not. But very, very soon. We would prefer to make sure that they're what we want. Yeah. You know, finished so that that will. But but really soon, like they're you know like we've been saying they're in development. They actually are. So then there's you don't want to deal with any of that stuff. You don't want to sign up for a thing. There's ifanbo.com/support. You'll find a direct donation link via PayPal if that's the thing that you want to do. That's how we did it in the old days. That's how Dad did it. <laughs> Is that the Marvel line we reference the most that no one else does? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love, I love, I love it. One. I love that line. <laughs> it's, I don't know why. It's great. And it's the Annunciation, too. There's ifamer.com slash Amazon. You can find uh, links to buy the books that we talk about in the books below. You can find the links. There's always the pick of the week is linked. The music and the show is linked on the show page. And uh, just the general link if you go through there. That's our affiliate link. And we thank everybody who does those things to keep the show going and keep us motivated to make sure that we're, we're paying you back for what you're investing. And now, ring a ding ding. So we I'm haven't so done scared. the bell segment since 2019. So if you're a new listener since then, you don't know. Occasionally, in the past, probably six or seven times, well, you've brought the bell out when there's a lot of books we want to talk about and not enough time. So what happens here is Josh and I have a list of books. We get 20 seconds on the clock for each book. At the end of 20 seconds, the bell rings. Your time is done. Move on to the next book. So here's my question. Yeah. You you will be timing, but can you time while you're doing it yourself, or should I time you? No, I can time I, I can do it while I'm doing it myself. Okay, all right. You have a system. A, I just want to make it's sure it's a bit of a cheat not... because I can see how much time I've got left, and I don't get cut off usually. But right, I see what you're saying. I can definitely do it. Okay, we haven't done it in a couple of years, so <laughs> it's a little rusty. Also, my neighbors might murder me, but uh, we'll I think I think that's fine. My old neighbor didn't care. My new, who knows? My new neighbors will see. I was, I was just thinking about the guitar guy, and I was like, oh, that's not this place. No, that's not this place. But it's early in the morning here. But I just had a panic attack as I looked, and I was like, I don't remember anything about this book that I'm supposed to talk about in 20 seconds. <laughs> that's okay. You only have 20 seconds to fill. So that's we're gonna, true. We're going to start things Did off. you say I only have 20 seconds to fail? Fill, fill, fill. <laughs> I'm going to start things off. I'm going to hit the timer in three, two, one. 
my first book is Gru meets Tarzan, number one from Dark Horse, Sergio Aragonis and Mark Evanier. Uh, this was just strange enough to pick up. I was a huge Gru fan as a kid when it was one of my favorite comics. This is 80-something Sergio Aragonis drawing a full-on Gru meets Tarzan book with crazy panels and Comic-Con jokes. And I love the hell out of it. I can't wait to it was, for- it was so fun. Robin number four is uh, Robin is still in this uh, uh, um, Lazarus competition and he goes and he sees he has a little conversation with his grandpa uh, is, is trying to sort of like tell him what to be and how he's doing wrong things and helping him. And uh, it was really nice because it's the two sides of Damien. I really enjoyed this series a heck of a lot. I really like the art. It should be terrible. It isn't. It's super fun. I hit that Mr. Button. Fuck. Ah! All right. There we go. Um. Avengers Mech Strike number five. This is the final issue of this miniseries, which is super high in the gosh scale. This is all about the Avengers fighting Kang uh, throughout time, and then Black Panther getting the power of eternity and fighting Kang with his power and sending and basically turning Kang against himself. And uh, this was the best Avengers story I've read in in ages. Uh, fun art, great story, great characters, and Kang. We have Black Knight, Curse of the Ebony Blade, number five. Man, the first bit of this was great, and as we kept moving through it, I was like, oh. What he's doing is passing the torch onto a younger character, a female who is of color. And I have no problem with that, but every single book does it. And it's super transparent. I was like, ah, all right, you know, have her move around. So good book. Uh, what am I on? Shang-Chi, number three. This continues Shang-Chi's trip to the Marvel Universe. This issue is with Wolverine. And I'm actually really liking these, these, this, this team-up storylines he's doing. Uh, it's, you know, it was tied into the film to make him feel part of the bigger Marvel universe. But I thought this particular story where you deal with the mutant side of things and how the mutants are hated by these, these clans was really good. Batman Superman number 20. I liked this all along. Uh, I, I don't think I liked it as much as you did, but as we get to the end of this story, uh, and we're going through different worlds, I love this book. And it is a shame that, that it's, he's not going to keep doing it because I've really come to look forward to this and enjoy it. It's crazy. And it's so good. And it's so well written. Also, the best Etrigan dialogue. Uh, your order's up. Icon versus Icon no, versus Icon and Rocket season one, number one. This is the second milestone book. And much like Static, it was just okay. It was kind of a bummer. It was Reggie Hudland, who's a... You know, he's a veteran of the comics industry and the entertainment industry, makes films and TV shows and comics, and it just was kind of dull. And I don't, not really compelling, and it's a bummer. Super routine. Uh, Batman Reptilian number two. This is Garth Ennis and Liam Sharp. I should love the bejesus out of this, and I like it a lot, but it's weird, and I keep thinking it's Dave McKean. Um, (laughs) And I'm not sure. I don't know why he's doing it, but I guess this is supposed to be Steve Dillon's story. Um, So, you know, I'm glad it exists. I'm going to read it. I'm done. <laughs> I seed my time to the man from California. Uh, the scumbag number eight. This is the result nine. of nine. Shit, nine. Uh, this is the result of the Ray zapping Earth and everybody turning into into Ernie. Ernie's Ernie's powers or Ernie's personality is now infected everyone on Earth, and he he developed a superhero team. There's a lot of unexpected sci-fi and superhero elements in this, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, Ernie is just really compelling. Lost my place. You suck you, Jimbo. The Dragon Bellow Conspiracy number two. I, I got to tell you, at this point, every time a new Usagi issue comes out and there's two monthly series going on right now, and uh, I, I I love it. I'm so happy to read Usagi Yojimbo in a way that I never did. I know exactly what they make me happy. They're like the best comfort food in comics. Where am I? Oh, the Blue Flame number three. This is <laughs> – I, I don't know what to make of this book. 
I don't still don't feel like I don't know what it means or what it's trying to say or what it's trying to do. It exists in two parallel timelines. I, I don't get it. I, I want to get it. I want to like it more than I do. I just not I'm not feeling it right now. I'm not giving up on it, but I'm not understanding it. I'm just going to say Spanish Larry to you. Uh, Made in Korean number four. I did not see this book going where it's going, and I can't tell you if I like it or don't because it is super interesting, but it's I, it's incredibly like disturbing. I, I'm reading. I'm like, no, don't do this. And it's very stressful and kind of weird that it's a Columbine story so long after the fact. But, uh, I mean, more or less. Uh, it's a good book. Black Hat number eight. This this is strange, also because it comes on the heels of that of the strange Marvel annual story about the, the Infinity Stones. And here, the Black Cat is on a heist, and she is trying to steal something very important. And Fake Nick Fury tries to stop her, and the result is she has stolen Star's body. And I don't know what that means, but I enjoyed. When it. did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> Daredevil number thirty-two. Uh, it's a really good-looking book, and out of all the female Avatar characters, I really like this Elektra as Daredevil, but at the same time, make this story stop or get to the point. <laughs> get on it, okay? Let's do the showdown with all the people and move along. You got more time. Three seconds. Time. Two seconds. I'm good. Take a breathe. Shadow Doctor number five, again, the final issue of this five-issue miniseries. I thought it ended rather abruptly. But then I thought about it, and I thought, okay, well, that, if you're going to end it at five issues, that'd be a good place to end it. In this issue, uh, the doctor, who has thought that Al Capone is sort of his fucked up friend, uh, Al Capone reveals his true racist colors, and so that inspires the doctor to go to the feds and talk about Al Capone. How, what does that mean? I don't know, because we're done. Uh, old Guard, Tales Through Time, number four. This is the one where we had we had Matt Fraction and Steve Lieber doing a story um, that I thought was great and looked really good that I don't fully understand. And then after that, we have this rad uh, Civil War era story. And uh, it was kind of everything I wanted out of a book. I'm trying to look at who did it, but David F. Walker. And if, uh, no, finally for me, Fantastic 434, with the, the last issue was Pick of the Week. This issue, issue could have also been Pick of the Week. This book is so high on the gosh scale. Uh, I, I, this is one of our favorite books. This is the aftermath of the wedding oh. in, which, in which Johnny Storm was revealed to have slept with Doom's fiance. And there's a big fight, and there's Doombots, and it's just it was it was just so satisfying and terrific. Oh, she put the face on. Yeah. Symbiote Spider-Man number four, Crossroads number one. Peter David is just having like a moment where they're like, just do Peter David comics, and he's like, we'll do. <laughs> and I didn't care about the cover, or I didn't care about the story, but you know, you want your gosh, you want to talk about your good old superheroes, man. Give Peter David, even Greg Land here, it was great. It was super fun, and uh, it's exactly what I wanted it to be. All right, there you go. That's the bell segment. Whew, that was stressful. It was. What's funny is I had all the books I had lined up on my iPad, and I there was just no time to even look, open them. So I just, yeah, I'm amazed I remember everything, to be honest with you. But that was fun. It sort of forces you to really get to the heart of what you're, what you're talking about. The only problem is afterwards, you go, I didn't get there. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I didn't have it. So even though we did all those books, I think I added up, I still... Of all the books we talked about today, I still have like 12 books I read we didn't talk about on the show. That's how many books I had this week. So that's the bell segment. Let's move on to the patron pick. I thought this was going to be a short show. We'd have tons of email time, but we are not getting there. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. If you are a patron, every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown. That's what the patron pick is, just a book to add to the rundown. This week, the winner by a huge margin was Amazing Fantasy Number 1 by Care Andrews. A story and art by Care Andrews. Letters by Joe Sabino. This is a 
five-issue miniseries, fantasy book set in the Marvel Universe. First of all, so Kerry Andrews was the guy that took over on the Immortal Iron Fist after David Aja. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. That was a long time ago. No, I do not remember that. I know who he is. We didn't like it. We were like, oh, this is terrible. We stopped reading it. Oh. He went away for a while. He made some films, came back, and he deploys so many art styles in this. Not like not 100, but like four or five. Yeah. And they're all terrific. I mean, the first time I ever saw him, he did like a Spider-Man story in like a manga style. Oh, yeah. And it was really interesting. The like, story wasn't amazing, but the art was something to look at. And he shows up every once in a while, you know, and does interesting stuff. He's like, I'm trying to, I can't think of an equivalent that they have at DC. But you kind of literally don't know what to expect. No. And I was reading this and I, you know, I see Amazing Fantasy. And to me, that's just, that's what Amazing Spider-Man was called before right. it became, you know, changed into Amazing Spider-Man for all sorts of publishing reasons. So I kind of just thought, oh, it's, it'll be like a throwbacky thing. And I don't think I paid much attention to the cover, which is fantastic. Great cover. Bearded Steve Rogers riding a winged lion with this an axe yeah. and arrows in his shield. How those arrows get embedded in that shield? Not the point. <laughs> so as we go through it, I started, it started to occur to me. I was like, oh, I get it. It's a fantasy story with these characters. Mm-hmm. And I went, all right, cool. Let's do, let's, let's do That's that. That's basically the reaction I had. I thought this was a lot of fun. The premise is... A bunch of classic Marvel characters, Captain America, Spider-Man, and Black Widow, are pulled out of the time stream at various times, but it's all very early. We have 40s Cap in the war. Oh, I, want, I want that book, by the way. I want that book badly. Young Natasha, Red Room era, she's probably like 12, pulled out of her, her world there. And then 60s teenager Spider-Man. I love how this, none of this makes sense time-wise. It's Didn't have to. Natasha's in the 80s. With like Reagan as the president, he's just about to become president. So it's 1980. Uh, you've got 40s Cap and you've got 60s Peter Parker, and they're all pulled out of the timeline and brought to this fantasy island. There's, there's like orc esque characters, and there's Ricardo Montalban is there. <laughs> Spider Man is in a Looney Tunes scenario where he wakes up in a pot full of carrots, which is something happened to Bugs Bunny all the time. <laughs> Steve has to save the young cat lady from being killed by orcs and uh, you know there's just a lot going we don't know what's going on yet and we haven't they haven't even met each other they don't know that there's other people here but the care andrews art each character's story had its own art style i love the peter parker art i love the steve rogers art i really like the black widow art and then the actual action on the island has its own particular style i just thought this would look great and i had tons of fun reading it it was it's just wacky enough that i liked it yeah, I did too. It was kind of all of those things and I had no idea what to expect. And it was laid out in such a way that it was super confusing for a while. And I was like, wait, did I miss something? And then you get to this point where, you know, a, a tubby old man with gray beard and hair comes out and he's really happy to see Peter and it's Uncle Ben. Mm-hmm. And my instinct to that is usually like, oh, don't do that. You know, but I read it for the page and, he's, and he basically was like, we're all dead. And I was like, all right, you got me. I'm I'm grabbed by this. And it's just sort of complete novelty which is really a rare thing yeah. uh, in marvel comics and you know just the sort of silly fun and we see that the island we pull out of the island and it's actually a floating space situation it's floating in space it's an island that is yeah who knows it's like an asteroid but an island who knows it doesn't matter it's like a beyonder situation i just i'm enjoying this for the weirdness of it what i'd said to you was all right fine it's a patron pick we'll read it but it's going to have to be really good for me to keep going on this. And I think I was like, I think I might keep going on this. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I liked Fair it. I, and in the beginning, yeah. I was like, "Ooh, look at this art!" And then it changed, and I was like, "Oh, I missed that cap art." And then it changed, and I was like, "Oh, look at this art!" Yeah. And then I missed that art. And that's, it was a good-looking book. Listen, young Steve, young Peter, young Natasha stuck on a weird sci-fi island together. I've never heard that story before. So let's go for it. I liked it. Ratings on Amazing Fantasy Ratings. number one. Ratings out of five. I'm going to go four. Same four. Sticking with it. Yeah. Yeah, I think I am too. I was expecting to, but I am. Yep, same. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. If you become a patron, every patron can vote to add a book to the rundown, but if you give the $5 or higher level, you get your own superpower live on the show, like Juan Ponce. Juan. <laughs> Here's the thing about Juan. Did you mean to pronounce it like that? Juan Ponce. Juan Ponce. Juan Ponce. This is a power that is intrusive to other people, but listen, I don't control the powers. The powers just, that's what they are. I'm just reporting what the powers are. Sure. He, Juan has to use this power delicately. Juan can look at you and he will know uh, what you're pulling down after taxes. <laughs> I got to give you points for delivery. Right. I, I have to. What are you pulling down uh, after taxes? <laughs> it's, um, it's Knox. That's Knox. I was going to say. <laughs> somebody, somebody who should get a grant. grant. Uh, uh, what's he pulling down uh, after taxes? The thing is, Bruce Wayne was so rich that the after taxes was irrelevant. I mean, it was. I'm sure he lost a lot to taxes, but it was still an impressive number. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's all capital gains anyway. Yeah. Anyway, so, uh, he's got a. Juan will just know what you're pulling down after taxes. Now that's intrusive, obviously, but. Well, it's only if he does something with the information. Sure. If he just knows, he can't even help it. Swan's cross the bear. All right. Fair enough. Kid Keith. And this is this is strange, but again, I, I'm, this, I'm, this is not my fault. I'm just the messenger. It's not my fault. Uh-oh. Kid Keith has an area of effect sort of power that makes people forget all lyrics. Oh. You can't sing along. You don't want him going to your live show. Yeah, for sure. Like you don't want to. He, he, can't, he can't even go to shows. It's always a terrible experience for him. What about a karaoke night? I mean, if you're reading, I guess it's going to be okay. But you definitely have to have those there. You couldn't, like, get off script and, like, do, like, a big... You know, big note. He could sit further back. He just can't be right against the stage. Although the people around him who would want to sing along would not be able to. Oh, interesting. Forget all lyrics. Yeah. They come back. They don't, they're, not, they're not scrubbed. Interesting. Mm-hmm. John Costello can magically skewer any food with a popsicle stick. I'm seeing a benefit there. Let's say you're eating a steak. And you're like, <laughs> man, I wish I was holding this steak like a popsicle and just chewing on it. John Costello, boom! Your stick's now on a popsicle stick. Is it? Is it a? Is it a? Okay. It's a big enough popsicle stick. It's a big enough. It goes right. To, yeah. So you don't have to supply the stick. No, it, it just appears it, it come, in the food. Okay, that that's key. So it, it goes up the stick, so it's not like you've got like two inches in there and a big floppy beef. <laughs> no, no, no. no. It, it's appropriate there. size and strength for whatever you whatever you skewered. <laughs> <laughs> Because that just seems inconvenient. I'd rather stick with the plate. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I listen, maybe not a steak, because then you got steak juice dripping everywhere, but like, you know. Yeah. Who knows? Is that a roaster chicken? <laughs> yeah. I was just over, I was with John. This guy's crazy. <laughs> Could you put like a beer can on a, on a popsicle stick? It's got to be food. Okay. Like, like a waffle, you know. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Yeah. Off-white savior or savoir no off-white savior that's what that's what it'll be this person any contact that they make with any other human 
will make that other human feel as if they just had a great hug. Oh. So, you know, like the shake hand there and all of a sudden like, I just, I feel great. I don't, I don't know what it is. I just feel comfortable and supported. And you know, when you just break away from a great hug, that moment, right? it's a gift is what it is. It just makes you feel good. Yep. Although, you know, there are awkward side effects, you know, in business sure. you know, situations. Although I, I, I can't imagine that only good should be able to come of that. Like you can diffuse situations. Yeah. Yeah. Patreon.com slash iFanboy. That's where you can uh, go and you can add a book to the rundown and you can get your superpower live in the show and you can support the show. We think everyone does that. Normally I would say no email because we're already long, but we did mention one email, so I'm going to have to do that one. Looks like I have plenty ready for next week. You do. Paul P. writes and says, I don't know if it's my age. I'm 45. The amount of comics releasing each month or more frequently that I want to keep up on or the fact that I'm reading more non-superhero comics than ever. But the only way I can read monthly comics these days and keep track of on each one's plot and characters is to do the double-up approach, i.e., right before I read the latest issue, I will reread the previous issue as a full recap. Although this means my new comic book days are often twice as much reading involved than if I only read the latest issues, I've found it really enhances the flow and thus my enjoyment of each story. Plus, I'll often pick up on things I missed during the first readings. Have you tried this approach, or do you have any other suggestions for getting recaps to freshen your mind before tackling new comics each Wednesday? I don't want to wait on trades for everything even though that is sometimes the best way to fully engage in a story. No. Not possible. Could you, what if this thing that I'm trying to fit in your life was twice as long? I had 34 books. You want to read... He's not, he's not suggesting 68 it. comics? I'm not going to fault Paul for having the fortitude and, and having, making this a priority so that he enjoys his thing more. I get it. I wouldn't do that i do think though that if you happen to have the the last issue a flip through probably couldn't hurt sure i don't tend to i'm just not organized in that way so i don't do that but i could see how that would be helpful in fact i should probably do that more like if i'm five pages in don't remember like just look at the last issue flip through let me be clear it's not a bad solution at all i'm sure it's very helpful I wouldn't want to read it twice, though. I don't think many of them are good enough to do that. It's just not feasible. For us, it's not feasible. Yeah. We, but we've, as I said many times, we are not your normal comic fan. We have, you know, 36 hours to get these books read before the show starts. So there's no way doubling up. Even a small week, like a 10-book week, I still just don't have time for it. I gotta say, I really like diving in. And I consider it to be a strength of the book. You know, if and again, we're, it's a different situation. You are reading solely for your enjoyment whereas that's the only part of it but i i you know i kind of leave it up to the book like this is supposed to be monthly have you set me up to be able to enjoy this or did you write it for a different format i like issues normally if i catch up on a book in trades that i'd missed and then i will jump over to issues and keep going that way i like the serial format a lot now having said that though there's many times where one of us has said oh i fell behind so i read the last three issues and we've liked it even more yes the benefit is certainly there of having having read a chunk of the story and having it fresh in your mind i mean that's happened several like, yes. for avengers mech when that was my pick of the week i had read all the first three i think issue three is my pick mm-hmm. of the week and i heard i had read the first three all at once because i had decided mm-hmm. to catch up on it you know, there's been other times where I'm behind. Like, for instance, you know, when Josh took a week off, he usually doesn't read his books. So he, he has to double up when that happens. I'll have a couple to double up on next time, you know, in two That's weeks. The, I, do, I, I read them very slowly, but usually there's some left over. Yeah, so, like, that certainly happens, and it's, and it's beneficial. It's just that as a practical matter, it's not possible. I also, I really like the sensation of the click. Like, when I'm reading it, and I'm like, what is going Okay, right, okay. And then it comes back. Because I have a pretty good, I'm not good with recall anymore. Mm. 
like bringing the thing back, but it's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I won't remember that I remember something until I do, and then I'm okay. Yeah, usually. and I don't know any other methods really to do than to, you know, you can either read them in trade or you can read them, you know, in chunks, but, you know, there's a lot of books that come out. Marvel has recap pages, and I will often glance at those, at least just like the, very, the last couple of sentences, like, oh, right, 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 that's what happened. Mm-hmm. But DC doesn't do that, so you have to really sort of just sort of, you know, figure it out. I think the recap page is... Like that should be mandatory, yeah. but then that's that's another page for them. That's a page that they got to pay somebody to do. Right. That's a page they got to print. Yeah. I understand why they don't. Or if if I have to lose a page of story so that you can do that, then I don't want that either. I want you to write, right. you know, write the story so that I don't have to. I, and I don't care. Also, I don't mind if they refresh me within the 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 story without, you know, even if you wouldn't really do that in real life. Right. I think that's part of the comic book issue experience. They should do that more even if it seems out of place. It's tough, Paul. I mean, ideally, sure. It'd be great to be able to like flip through every issue in the, in the past and look at them. But And also, I mean, look, I love the digital reading. It's, it's much preferable to me than the paper reading. But that's a downside to digital. Mm-hmm. Is, you know, previously I'd have a stack of books because normally I'd let up like a couple of months stack up before I put them in a long box. And I just, it's much easier to just grab it out of the stack and flip through But you through can it. also, like on Comixology, you can flip back. You can oh, see for sure, but it's just you not, can download it's just it again. It's not right there. And it is, though. It isn't. It Literally, isn't. you don't have to move. Go to the cover, swipe right. No, I know, but it's it's just different than like really quickly like flipping through an issue. You can flip through it faster than you can swipe through it, and in terms Fair. of recognition, I just tend to not do it. And I'll, like we said, there's just not the time for us to to go back and look at all the previous issues. That's a great question. Thank you for that conversation. Yeah. I'm real glad that works for you, and I'm also very impressed that at 45 you have the time for that. And that's not uh, that's not being snarky. No. I really am. Contact at ifanboy.com is where you can send emails. Uh, if you have a question for a media explode show, you can put uh, media explode in the subject line. You know, make it good because there's a lot of competition for a one monthly show. That's, that's true. That know, is true. We get to what we can. It is really fun to do those. So maybe we'll pull some into the hangout or something like that. So they don't go to waste. But, what are the uh, shows out now besides our regular show? We have our special edition Black Widow review show. We have our special edition Batman the Long Halloween Part One review show. We have our latest Media Explode show, which was a mailbag show. Speaking of emails, we had let a bunch pile up, so we decided to answer four or five, and I thought it was tr- terrifically fun. I liked doing that episode a lot. Coming up soon in August is our next Book Explode, which is on True Believer, The Rise and Fall of Stan Lee by ABN, ABN, Abraham Reisman. Fabian Reisman. Fabian Reisman. Oh, shit, I read the wrong one. <laughs> and that's our first ever prose Book Explode. We'll be talking about that next month. And overdue... Oh, technically, as you're reading this, it's not overdue. But as you're listening to this, it is. <laughs> Talks blowed from Josh. I could show you a list of how much pull I no longer have in comics. <laughs> of people who have not responded to me. It's a good list, too. Like, they would have been great shows. I'm still working on it. I have no need to put up a, a facade. That's where we are. The thing with the Talks blowed, as we said before, is... Anytime you're dealing with a guest, it can be a pain in the ass to schedule. You will get six talks blows in 2021. Whether you get them yeah. exactly in the proper monthly release form is probably not going to happen, but you'll get six. And to be fair, I had, I have I, the next one. I know who it is that I want to do, and it is based on timing. So I didn't right. want to move it up. Yeah. So, so uh, we'll, we'll get there. You'll get your six, you'll, and they'll be good. That's the other thing. Like, I, I don't want to talk to just anybody. I want it to be a good show. I want it to fit in the kind of thing that I like to do. So that's the thing. Just like the designs for the t-shirts. Mm-hmm. Got to be right. Mm-hmm. You can go to ifanboy.com. You can find all of our shows and our vast history of comic book writing from all of the people who have written for the site over time. You'll find uh, links to 
most of the comic book podcasts that we have ever done that are there. It is an enormous amount. I think you know that talk explodes in the '90s. We should be coming up on yeah. 100. Yeah. You know, at some point soon. So so there's a lot of sort of comic book oral history in there. You can like Facebook.com slash iFanboy and add iFanboy on Twitter and add iFanboy Comics on Instagram. You can find out what the pick of the week is before the show comes out. You can follow us individually at CSCO Patrick on Instagram, at J.A. Flanagan on Instagram. And you can subscribe to our YouTube page at YouTube.com slash iFanboy to keep up to date with the old iFanboy video show re-uploads. This is what it was like me talking for an hour last week. <laughs> this past week, there was a mini and it's a new comics preview from June 18th, 2008. That is probably not going to be as relevant as some of the others. I believe that's the one we shot at Alex Robinson's house right after we interviewed him. Oh, that's when I made one of my best friends. I looked at the thumbnail. I'm standing on a balcony in Manhattan. That's the part. It's got to be. Oh, it. yeah, that's his. I've yeah. slept in that room a lot since then. He doesn't live there anymore. Pick of the, <laughs> Pick of the Week podcast number 200 live. Is that, is that Hanley's? Our first live show at Hanley's, we broke it up in two shows. The first show was the actual show itself. The second show was the audience questions that we took, which is this. That's what this one is. That was a life-affirming moment. Yeah. Like, that's one of those milestones in my life. So that's great. That's a good time. I can I can still have a very strong memory of sitting there and just being like, I, why is this happening? And we would be doing the show like normal, but then people would laugh and clap. That was the show where I realized that I had a, a woman from high school listened that I didn't know. Uh-huh. She was there. And then a guy from elementary school listened. And I don't think either one of them knew it, it was me. It was very now, strange. Now, I have relationships with the, both of those people over social media. <laughs> one of them. I don't think you do the second one. It starts with an L. Yeah, you do? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. Paul was there. It was a good show. It was a good night. It was. Did we meet Paul there? I don't remember. He was definitely there, though. You want to know what else about that show? What? That was the day that we learned about Jimsky's first child, who's, like, if not driving yet, old. If you like the show, we are old. Leave us a review, star rating, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, tell your friends, tell your mom, your letter carrier, all the people that you talk to every day. Word of mouth is great to spread the love. And I am Connor. I'm Josh. I'm so glad you're back. That was very fun. Stay safe out there. Do the right thing. Follow your conscience, people. You know what the right thing is. Take care of other people. That's the point. (laughs) 